Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. Before we get into the Week 15 preview, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Radio.com, iHeartRadio, Google Play, all your favorite podcasting platforms. Hit the like button, leave a comment, and turn on the notification bell so you get a notification every time we drop a podcast. Week 15 Another must-win game for the Colts because when you look at the AFC Wild Card race, it is crazy. It's jam-packed. You're gonna have 10 and 6 teams on the outside looking in, and you might even have an 11 and 5 team on the outside looking in. So you're gonna have to go at least two and three down the stretch to make the playoffs, possibly even three and zero. And knowing that we have the Steelers next week on the road in Pittsburgh, a place we've only won one time since 1968. It makes this game and Week 17 against the Jaguars that much more important. So this is a huge game for the Colts. You're also playing a team in the Houston Texans who are depleted with suspensions and injuries, and they're 4-9. and nine. They have nothing to play for, and I think that Romeo Cornell Magic, let's play for the interim head coach, has worn off, and I think they're in Cancun. I think they're on vacation, and we saw it last week because they played us tough. And you know, division game, rivals, you're going to get – everybody's best effort and we still might get their best effort in this game. But then right after we played them in week 13, they go off to Chicago and they get walloped by a bad Chicago bears offense by Mitchell Trubisky. And that Chicago bears offense putting 36 points on the board against the Texans. So this is a huge game. For the Colts, this game means absolutely nothing for the Texans. They're not even playing to win or lose for a draft pick in the first round because their pick's going to Miami, which might give them more of an incentive to win because losing won't give them a better pick. But this is a team, in my opinion, that put it all on the line in Week 13 to beat us. They came up short on the fumble, the bad snap, and then they went on vacation and they took last week off against the Bears. Now you have to be prepared for them to come in and play us like this game means something, but they didn't show up last week against Chicago and they have a bunch of guys, PEDs, injuries that won't be playing this weekend against the Colts. So a great opportunity for the Colts to get that 10th win before we go off to Pittsburgh and you look at Baltimore, you look at Miami, you look at Cleveland and their schedules down the stretch. 11 and 5 might not get you into the playoffs in the AFC. That's how tight this race is. That's how good all these teams are in the AFC. So it's a big game for the Colts. Just like last week, just like the week before, pretty much just like every game the last, I would say, month and a half for the Colts. This game's no different. You have to go out and you have to take care of business because nine and four is great, but you can't be comfortable at nine and four because 10 and six, you're not going to make the playoffs. When you lose head to head tiebreakers with the Browns and Ravens and you lose the tiebreaker with Miami, 10 and six is not going to get you into the playoffs because none of those three teams are finishing nine and seven. So you need to go at least. 11 and 5 to make the playoffs. We have two super winnable games this week against Houston, week 17 against Jacksonville, and then a winnable game in between on the road against Pittsburgh. But again, a place we haven't played well historically. And I know logic will tell you, well, it doesn't matter what the Colts did in the 70s, 80s, 90s against the Steelers. All that matters is next week against the Steelers and the 2020 Colts versus the 2020 Steelers. And I get that, but historically we have not played well there. And out of these three games, that game will be the most difficult to win. Plus, out of these three games, it's the only one that's on the road. So, a huge game 
on Sunday against the Houston Texans. You have to go out, you have to take care of business, and you have to get that 10th win of the year as the Colts at 9-4 and four host the 4-9 Houston Texans. Yeah, absolutely. And, and listen, this Houston team is not very good outside of two guys. I mean, we saw what they went out and really just got drubbed last week at Chicago. They made Mitchell Trubisky look like Joe Montana. The Colts really should just run through this team. They could, they should be able to do whatever they want offensively. The Texans lost another one of their better defensive players in safety, Justin Reed. He's out for the year. So there's no excuses. I mean, they really Houston really has no wide receivers. They have, their secondary is banged up. I mean, there's just no excuse. And we'll have AC back this week. Everybody remember, we did not have AC in our first matchup with Houston, which I think will make a big difference in this game and allow us to do more stuff offensively and hopefully score some points in the second half, Luke. We didn't score any points offensively in the second half of the first game. I think this week will be different. I think we will score some points in the second half. Definitely the Colts have to have this game, but but even more than that, the Colts are just the better team all around. Better coached, better players, better roster, playing for something. Houston's basically just playing out the string. So there's no excuses. They got to get this game. Absolutely no excuses, especially when you look at what the Chicago Bears, what their anemic offense just did to this Houston Texans defense. Mitch Trubisky, 24 of 33, 267 yards, three passing touchdowns, zero interceptions, and then Montgomery on the ground, 11 carries for 113 yards and a touchdown. This should be a huge game for the Colts offense. Back-to-back 40-point weeks. If Chicago could put up 36, I expect 40-plus in this game, and I expect Jonathan Taylor to have another monstrous game on the ground for the Colts as we get into our first two keys to the game where we need to hold serve. So instead of doing our normal for the culture game preview we just played them two weeks ago so we're not going to run through the texans personnel you guys already heard that so we're going to change it up a little bit and we're going to go over the two areas where we need to stay the same and stay on par just like we did in that first matchup to hold serve in the second matchup and then we're going to go over two areas where we have to improve so we don't let this one slip away and we're able to sweep the houston texans so area number one we did a great job in the last matchup we have to do it again and that is get off to a fast start we scored 24 points in the first half the last time we played them two points zero offensively in the second half which has to change but as far as the first half as far as that fast start we have to duplicate that we have to get off to another fast start in round two as we go for the sweep definitely i mean listen this is a game i think if we put 24 on them in the first half again if we do that again i i don't think this game's close i don't think it's gonna they're not gonna have the same fight they had the first time they're not gonna have Chaz green out there blocking trying to attempt to block jj watt so for the colts yeah just start fast it doesn't necessarily mean 24 points but come out you know be efficient offensively and do what you got to do. This defense is not good. There's no way around. I mean, they've got J.J. Watt. They've got a couple guys. That's it. That's all they've got. They're terrible against the pass. They're terrible against the run. There's no excuse for the Colts not to be able to score points all game long against this defense. So definitely the, the first area that we have to hold serve here is we have to come out aggressive, efficient, and put points on the board and put this team behind the eight ball right off the bat. Because, I mean, honestly – at the end of the year with these teams, especially losing teams that have no shot at anything, 
you put them behind early and they start to feel that tidal wave go against them, they bury their head in the sand real quick and quit. Now, I'm not saying Deshaun's not going to quit. Deshaun's going to play his ass off the entire game. J.J.'s not going to quit. But the rest of that team, I mean, they will go in the tank. So the Colts just need to come out, play their game, be efficient, and I think we'll be in a good spot. And that starts with having a good first half. That starts with having a good first drive. So from the first drive on, the Colts just need to be aggressive and efficient and, and take care of business. Area two, we need to hold serve to sweep the Texans in the season series. No turnovers. The Colts 6-0 this year when we don't turn over the football. We did not turn it over the last time we played the Texans. Do it again, and we should improve to 7-0 in games where we don't turn over the football because that has been the best recipe for success for the Colts this year. No question, Luke. I mean, we talk about it every week, and it's it's key in every game, and it's key in this game. If we don't turn the ball over, they really – I just don't see any way they stay in this game. Uh, last game, just the way we played in the second half, I don't think that's going to happen again. Knock on wood, hopefully it doesn't. But listen, bottom line is, you know, when you don't turn the ball over, it, it, your offense is much more efficient. You know, you, you keep the defense off the field, and you're able to do what you really want to do. So – by doing that, it definitely increases your chances of winning the game. And you just look at our record when we don't turn the ball over. We're just a different team. We're very difficult to beat because, one, we have a really good defense, but also, you know, we're efficient. When we're efficient, we're one of the best teams in the league. We've been outstanding in the second half of the season, winning six of our last eight games and averaging, I think, around 28 to 30 points a game. So, really, and that lends itself to not turning the ball over. So, obviously, again, like we did in the first game, just don't turn the ball over. I think if we turn the ball over in that first game, we probably don't win. So we got two turnovers on defense and a safety last game, and we didn't turn the ball over on offense. And that was really the difference in the game, if you want to be honest about it. So no turnovers, always a big key with this team, with this offense. And if we do that this week, again, I think we should take care of business fairly easily. And then the two keys we need to improve from our last meeting to this meeting, we have to be better on third and fourth down. Our third and fourth down efficiency was awful in the first matchup. Four of 13, a lot of those came in the second half. A lot of the ones where we didn't convert, I should say, came in the second half. And that is an area where we must improve on third and fourth down efficiency. No question. Three of 11 on third down, one one of two on fourth down. We've got to be better than that. Against a, te- a defense this bad, it, there's no excuse to be under, what, 33%. It's ridiculous. The Colts have to do better. They have to be more efficient. They have to play smart. They just need to stick to what's working. Sometimes I think Frank outsmarts himself. I thought he did that in the first game. I thought he had a rough game the first time around. This game, we need to be efficient, stick to what works. I mean, in the last game, Taylor averaged seven yards a carry, and he only got 13 carries. He's got to get more carries in this game. I think he's going to have another big game after last week. He's really starting to find his groove. But all that starts with being efficient and staying ahead of the chains, not getting in third and long, not getting penalties, not getting, you know, just you have to stay ahead of the chains. It makes it so much easier. And so this week, you know, just being more efficient on on third and fourth down is the key to the game because obviously it keeps your defense off the field. It keeps your drives alive. It eats clock. I mean, it just there's so many different things that the efficiency of third down le- lends itself to. So we have to be improved. Four thirteens not going to get it done. Three of eleven on third downs not going to get it done. We got to be better this week. 
in the second area where we have to improve from our first meeting to our second meeting, second half offense. We scored zero points in the second half the last time we played the Texans. You can't do worse than zero points scored in the second half. You have to get something going in the second half of this game. And I think we will because, again, you could not be worse offensively than we were in the second half of the last matchup. And it was weird because you scored 24 in the first half and then – you get shut out offensively in the second half. Can't happen. You need to have more productivity in the second half offensively. Last last time we played him, Luke, it was uh, it was a tale of two halves. I thought Reich was outstanding in the first half, and then I thought he took a took a vacation in the second half. I thought the play calling left a lot to be desired. Obviously, they weren't very efficient. They didn't run the ball. I didn't think enough. I thought the split between passing and, and running was too big, too wide. They definitely needed a run Taylor more. They didn't do it enough. Uh, the third quarter was atrocious of the last game. I think we had negative one yard in the third quarter of the last game. That that just you, with this defense, you cannot have a quarter like that. It's ridiculous. You know, I was not happy. We neither of us were happy with him after that game. It was, it was we were lucky to win it, to be honest. But uh, we found a way to win that game. This this week, it, it just he's got to be consistent. Last week gave me you know some hope that he's starting to figure this thing out. But he's got to—it's got to—he's got to stack some really good good games together where he calls a good game from beginning to end. Obviously, it starts with the play call, and then the players have to execute. I didn't think either one of those things were good in the last meeting in the second half of the game, and it, it shows itself when you score zero points against one of the worst defenses in the league. So, definitely a must-improve area for this game is the second half offense, second half play calling. We have to be able to continue to score points in this game. You want to bury this team. I, I just you just want to bury them under an avalanche of points and, may, and 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 relax and kind of coast down the stretch of the game. I thought the Colts did a better job last week with that, and I think if they do that this week, they'll be in the same position at the end of the game. But they've got to do it. You got to go out and do it. We can talk about it all we want, but they got to go out and do it. Yes, they do. And flip it over now to the defensive side of the football for the Colts. Two areas where we have to hold serve. Area number one, forcing turnovers. We forced two turnovers the last time we played them, and a great stat from Good Morning Football. There have been two times now in Deshaun Watson's career where he had a 200 passing attempt streak without an interception broken against the Colts, and both times came from a Kenny Moore interception. So Kenny Moore has ended two separate 200-plus passing attempt streaks without a pick from Deshaun Watson. So that's pretty impressive, not only to do it once, but to do it twice for Kenny Moore. Key number one, area number one, where we need to hold serve, force turnovers. Yeah, it's not easy to do against Deshaun. He does a great job of taking care of the ball. But, you know, we just need to force one or two turnovers and we should be in good shape as long as our offense does what they're supposed to do. The defense, I mean, you think about it, they really did an outstanding job in the second half of the last game. They gave up no points. They scored two points on a, on that safety. You know, I, I consider, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's technically considered a turnover, but I consider a safety a turnover because you're, you're scoring two points and getting the ball back. So that's almost better than a turnover. It is better than a turnover because you're getting points and the ball. So, I mean, really, that's three. So uh, I thought the Colts were, were outstanding in the second half of the first game, and they just need to you know, continue to do what they did in the second half and take that into the first half of this game and hopefully play a little bit better this week in the first half than they did in the first game, and they should be great. I mean, the, the, the Colts' defense has not, never really been an issue in the second half 
halves of games. So it's really about starting fast with this defense, and hopefully we can force some turnovers, turnovers early and really get on this team. And like I said, with bad teams, once that avalanche starts, it, it, you know, it's, it's hard to get out from under it. So hopefully they can do it early and often, and uh, we can take over this game quickly. But definitely, you know, one thing we definitely need to continue to do in this game is, is force turnovers. Yeah, the only game where the defense was good in the first half and bad in the second half was Baltimore. Every other game this year, it's been adjust at halftime, come out in the second half, including the first time we saw the Texans where our defense outscored both offenses in the second half. So we have to see that again and just more consistently first half to second half where our defense is just as good in the second half in the first half this week against Houston. And area number two to hold serve. We had five sacks the last time we played them. Continue to put pressure on Deshaun Watson. I think we had two sacks from Buckner. We had three sacks from Houston. And we had five more opportunities where we could have had 10, 12 sacks in the first matchup. So pressure, pressure, pressure. It's not only about sacks. It's also about pressuring the quarterback, which is first and foremost. Get after him. Get him off his mark. And he did beat us with his legs a couple times. He extended plays, but at least we continue to put pressure on him. And that's something we have to do again in this game if we want to sweep them. Yeah, for me, I thought the first game, the Colts actually, and and it's crazy to say this because they gave up 20 points in the first half, but I thought their pass rush was outstanding in that game. I thought from beginning to end, they were on Deshaun Watson. Uh, He did not have a lot of time to throw. I thought that the pressure early got to him late in the game because we were on him so much. I mean, we were, I mean, we were getting it with four. We weren't really blitzing. We blitzed Kenny Moore a couple of times, but I mean, Fluce never really gets too ahead of himself with blitzing. He doesn't really do it that much unless he absolutely feels like it's, it's, you know, the only way to get pressure. And I thought in the first, the first game, I just thought that the D line was outstanding. I thought they destroyed their, the Houston offensive line. They got to, Deshaun off I mean all game really they pressured him all game the five sacks you know is is great but I thought there were at least five more opportunities that we just we just didn't make the play all you can do as a DC is is scheme it up your players have to go out there and stop Deshaun Watson which is a lot easier said than done but we had a lot of opportunities for sacks in that game from the beginning of it to the end and we always talk about 60 minutes of pressure on this show and it's not necessarily about sacks. It's just about the pressure because the pressure builds and builds and builds and leads to mistakes. If it's nonstop and it's constant, that leads to mistakes. And so I thought that was one of the areas that we, we were really, really great at in the first game, really underrated. I thought, you know, as far as people talking about it, was our defensive line just dominating uh, and getting to Deshaun Watson. Now, great players are going to make plays, and he did that. I mean, he made great plays, especially in the first half of that game. But I thought the pressure was outstanding. The five sacks was good. We got the safety. I thought our defensive line played one of their best games, if not their best game in that game. So that's definitely a spot where we need to hold serve, and I absolutely think we will. Yep, and the two areas where we have to improve defensively, we have to do a better job tackling. There were a bunch of big plays, some in the backfield, and most starting in the backfield, not being able to get Deshaun Watson to the ground, and then Deshaun extending a play, keeping his eyes downfield, making a play. We have to tackle better and just do a better job in all three areas of the defense tackling in this matchup. Yeah, that was the issue. You know, we talked about, I just talked about how much pressure we got on him. One of the things you can't do with Deshaun is you can't overrun him. You can't let him kind of shake you. You've got to be really 
focus on your technique and, and making sure that uh, you don't overrun plays because he's so good. I mean, he's so good at extending plays and he's going to make plays. There's no, I mean, it's just, it's who he is, but you've got to do, we, we were just, we're not good. I mean, and it wasn't just that. I mean, there was, there was other plays in that game where we missed tackles. I think Blackman had a missed tackle where, and Tavon Wilson had to run down somebody on one of those broken plays in the first half. So just tackling, we're a really good tackling team. We're fast. We run to the ball, but in the first half of that game, we just did not do a good job. We didn't do a good job containing Deshaun. And when we had him in our, in our grasp, not making the play, we didn't do a good job in the first half. And obviously when you're playing a great quarterback, if you give him the you know opportunity to break out, he's going to make plays. And so uh, we've got to do a better job all the way around from the D line to, like you said, all three levels, D line, linebackers, corners, defensive backs, got to do a better job tackling Deshaun Watson, making sure he doesn't extend these plays because that's how, you know, that's how you, you keep a team in the game. That's how they stayed in that game because he was outstanding in that first half and he was able to make plays. Now in the second half, we did a much better job, obviously of focusing on what we need to do as a defense to get that guy on the ground. So more second half of the first game, less first half of the first game because the first half we were there we just didn't make the plays second half we did a much better job against him uh that's definitely an area we have to improve it's got to be 60 minutes it can't be 30. Yes I would love two first half offenses and two second half defenses please in this game against Houston give me the second half defense in the first half give me the first half offense in the second half and this will be a bloodbath against Houston in round two. But one more area where we need to improve before getting into our predictions, and that is no big plays. Minimize the big plays. A lot of that will take care of itself if you do key number one in the improvements, which is tackling, because most of their plays start by missing a sack on Deshaun Watson, overrunning him, and then allowing him to keep his eyes downfield and make a big play. And they scored 20 points in the first half the last time we played them. Zero points, of course, in the second half. So no big plays. And then even on that last drive before the fumbled snap, there was a big play on the sideline, I think, to QT, where it was overran by TJ Carey. He was going for a pick. It turns into a 35-yard gain. They end up getting down inside the five-yard line. They could have won that game there when they had the ball inside the five. So no big plays. That was really the only way they moved the ball on us the last time we played them because they were not able to dink and dunk against us. They had to just hit a couple home runs, and that's pretty much how they scored all their points. All their points started with a big play, whether it be on third down or whatever it might be. It was Deshaun escaping a sack, throwing the ball downfield, and making something happen. 100% right on on point, Luke. I mean, I really can't say it any better. It kind of begins and ends with Deshaun Watson and us being able to contain him and keep him in the pocket. And when he's in the pocket, tackling him, not letting him get out of the pocket. You know, once he gets wide and he can set his feet, he can look downfield, I don't care how good your DBs are. You can't cover for five, seven seconds. So that was a big issue with the first game. We gave up some big plays because of that because he was able to escape and look down the field and make throws to guys. And that was a great pull on the Kuti play because you can't, as far as Kerry goes, he can't make that play. He's got to not, he's just got to let him, whatever, knock it down or make the tackle. You cannot in that situation try to jump a pass that you, you know, you, you don't know if you're going to get to. I thought that was a huge play. It could have cost us the game. So was, I thought that was a great 
pulled by you bringing that up because that's the type of stuff that'll get you beat. Uh, you just got to make the plays, keep the play in front of you, tackle them, you know, live another down. Instead, we give up a 40 yard play and it changes the complexion of the game. We were lucky enough that Grover made a great play at the end and, and we got that fumble. Otherwise, we could be in deep, deep trouble. So, but back to what you're saying about just, you know, no big plays. It really, you know, it's, it's tackling and making sure Deshaun does not get out in the open so he can set his feet and look down the field. If we do those things, I just don't see how Houston can stay in this game. I thought in the first game, especially in the first half, he was able to escape the rush and get outside by the numbers and kind of set his feet, look downfield. And like I said, you know, you can't cover. I don't care what secondary you are. You can't cover for five to seven seconds. It's just not possible in this league. So definitely the Colts have got to do a much better job of containing Deshaun Watson. And again, I, as I said earlier, it's much easier said than done because he is a great, great football player. But the Colts have a really good defense, and they have great defensive linemen, so they should be able to get to him again this week. Let's make it like the second half and the first half, and let's tackle him, get him on the ground, and save the big plays. Because they don't – you know, one thing you know, I want to mention before we jump to predictions is they don't have any receivers, Luke. I mean, Kuti and, and Chad Hansen or whatever, that's – I mean, I don't think Cooks is playing – and they don't have uh, Will Fuller. They don't. I mean, they don't have very many options. There's no reason that this game should be close. That we should be giving up big plays. We really just need to stick to our fundamentals this week because they don't have a lot of talent to play with. I mean, most of those guys that that you know, Randall Cobb, another guy that's not playing. So I mean, they just don't have much in the in the way of talent on offense to even be able to compete against us. So. Stopping big plays is a must. If we if we just make them go the long route, this should be a blowout. It should be. We're the better team. We have everything to play for. We're at home. You know, uh, we're playing well. Six out of the last eight we've won. Rivers is balling. Jonathan Taylor's coming into his own. The defense is doing what it needs to do. There's no, you know, there's no reason that we should they, they should be able to hang around in this game. And the only way I see it happening is is if we allow big plays. So obviously something that we can't do and we have to improve on is cutting down the big plays. Yep, and you know what time it is, Jason? It's prediction time. And you said a couple things there that might not have went over too well with Colt fans about us winning big, us blowing them out. You said something where I swear to God, I was like I used the word I used the word should. I said should. Okay, should, blow them should, out. should, should. Should should is the key word. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. So what's your prediction for this game? I mean, there's no question. I mean, the Texans are gonna win, Luke. I mean Thank you. we all know we all know this. I, I it's like the first game. The Texans well, I mean they didn't win, but they almost won. And so I think this is the this is their game, man. They're, they've got everything going for. Okay, they don't have really have anything going for them, but we all know the rules. I made them. I'm picking the Texans, and that is a phenomenal selection by you. I'm gonna have to disagree though. I'm going Colts. I'm going bloodbath. I think the Colts win this game big. Right now, I think the spread is seven. Colts laying a touchdown at home. If I were betting on this game, I would buy two and a half points. The other way, I would hit a pleaser, and I would go Colts minus nine and a half. I think we win this game by 10 plus. I honestly think we win this game by 20 plus. I think we win this game big. And you're talking about a Texans team that just went to Chicago and gave up 36 points to Mitchell Trubisky. 
Phillip Rivers is playing like a top 10 quarterback in the league right now. Jonathan Taylor's running like a top five running back in the league right now. Our offensive line is healthy, which it wasn't the last time we played Houston, and we still scored 24 points in the first half. Reich shit the bed in the second half. I don't think that happens again because I think Reich's in his bag right now with the run game, with the offensive line, and with Rivers playing the way he's playing. So I think we win this game comfortably, and I'm talking 10 plus, 17 plus, 20 points, 21 points. I think we win in that range. So I'm going Colts big. I'm going to go 40 20, something like that. I think we win this game very comfortably. I think we score 40 back to back weeks, which I'm not sure the last time the Colts did that, but probably a very long time. So I think we win this game comfortably. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to go off. I said 120 plus last week. I think he does it again this week. I think we're going to give him 20 carries. And we just saw Montgomery go over 100 on just 10 or 11 carries, right? What was that? He had a crazy game. 11 carries, 113 yards. Give Jonathan Taylor 20, 25 carries, and he will go up over 150 again for the second week in a row. So I think Colts win this game big. I think Wright coaches better than he coached in the first game. I think the defense gets off to a better start and then might give up a couple touchdowns later in the game in more of a prevent defense like we saw last week at the end of the Raider game. So I think the Colts win this game big. Very comfortable win as we improve to 10-4, and putting ourselves in a great position to make the playoffs. No question. Definitely a game we got to have. And, and I, I'm excited to see our offense, man. I, I've, I've really been impressed with the way Phillip has kind of come into his own this year throughout the year, you know, despite not having a training camp. I'm really excited to see him against this, this porous defense. I think the Colts should be able to do whatever they want. Like I said last week in our preview for the Raiders, this is a similar type of defense, uh, although they do have J.J. Watt. They don't have a lot in the secondary. They're beat up. The Colts should just have their way with this team as far as offensively. I think they should be able to run, throw, whatever they want to do. Just Frank just needs to stick with what works. He doesn't need to outsmart himself. We don't need to get cute. Just go out and play Colts football, dominate the line of scrimmage like we did in the first game. Don't get penalties. Don't beat yourself. And this should, you know, the Colts should be fine in this game. No question. I'm pumped up. I love having meaningful games every week. I love the way the Colts are playing. I love the way Phillip Rivers is playing. I love the fact that the haters have nothing really to say right now about Rivers and the way he's been playing since the second quarter of that Bengals game. And let's keep this thing rolling, Jason. We're playing good football. We're playing good football down the stretch. We're playing good football in December, which is when it's, you know, the most important part of the regular season. When you make that push for the postseason, that's what we're doing right now. I love to see it. It's fun. We're playing well in all three phases. I think that continues this week as we make this push for the playoffs that's my man jason spears i'm your host luke diamond enjoy the game on sunday guys this is another must win game as we look at this super tight afc as we make our push for the postseason we'll be back sunday night to wrap it up right here on the fourth culture podcast